have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. I know you hear me when I say we're halfway to Halloween. And if you can't wait another six months to get your spooky fix, then you need to check out Malice Haunted Attraction in Belfast, Tennessee. They're going to be open Friday, May 13th and Saturday, May 14th from 7 to 10.30 p.m. Ticket prices are only $20. They're going to have concessions. They're going to have a DJ in the midway. And they're going to have a last ride casket simulator. So if you want more information about it and you want to check it out, go to MaliceHauntedAttraction.com. I know you hear me. Hey, this is Eric and Horowitz. No, I'm Eric and Horowitz. No, I, I'm Eric and Horowitz. <laughs> no, I am the true Eric and Horowitz, you bunch of nitwits. That is not nice to be saying I am the real Eric and Horowitz. No, I'm Eric and Horowitz. No. This is the real Eric Ann Horowitz. And you're listening to I Know You Hear Me podcast with Flynn Hendrix. Uh, is he related to Jimi Hendrix? <laughs> oh, hi, Jeff. Welcome back, everybody, to a huge week on the I Know You Hear Me podcast with me. Flynn Hendricks. And guys, believe me when I say that this is a big one today, and this is one that I've kind of been sitting on bated breath for because I am so excited about today's guest, and I am so excited about the news we're going to drop on today's episode as well. But before we jump into all that fun stuff, guys, i got to take a minute and thank our sponsors. got to take a minute and thank the Give Me Back My Podcast Network, and thank all of you for continuing to support and follow this show on all social media platforms, and for continuing to follow and support Tales from the Haunt, my other podcast where I get into the life of scare actors with my co-host, Just Jeff. But before we go any further, I want to take a quick minute for a word from the Give Me Back My Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Wolfie D from PG-13. Check out my podcast, Live and in Color, with Wolfie D every Monday at noon. We're talking Memphis, we're talking ECW, WCW, WWF, everywhere that I've been. We even have some great guests, some Hall of Famer on the show with us. Every Monday at noon, Live and in Color with Wolfie D. And we're back, guys. So here comes the fun part. Before we get into today's guest and all the information, I got to encourage you, if you haven't already, go subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. We are there, and leave me a five-star review. Go follow us on all social media platforms. We are there as well. Like, subscribe, share with your family, share with your friends, and keep up to date with who we got coming up on the pod, because it's only going to get bigger and better from here. But guys... Now comes the fun part. This is what I have been excited for. My guest today is a real-life man behind the curtain. This guy may take my love of Star Wars and 
Man, he may multiply it by a million. I got to give respect where respect is due. He may take my game of collecting and put me to shame. This guy took a bet on himself, and he started his own convention here in Nashville, Tennessee, because truth be told, there weren't really a lot of conventions like this. It was created by a fan for the fans, and guys, if you don't know what I'm talking about yet, today is the start of ICCC Con in Nashville, Tennessee at the Music City Sheraton. That's at 777 McGavick Pike in Nashville at 37214, and not only is this guy the man behind the curtain, the creator, the owner, the inventor, he is also a fan just like all of us, and it is my pleasure to have on the show here Michael Havens. Michael, how are you, man? Thank you so much for having me, brother. I appreciate it, man. Of course. Well, man, I'm, I'm doing great. Good, can't man. Complain. It's raining in Nashville, but I can't complain. Raining and cold, and it was raining and warm yesterday, so we're still trying to find that happy medium somewhere in there. We'll get there eventually. We'll get there by the show. No yeah, worries. absolutely. Yeah, if we if we got this problem going on by the day of the show, which spoiler alert, we're recording a little early, we got a problem. But man, I am excited because guys, this when you hear this, we're going to be at the opening day of ICCC here in Nashville, and I am so excited because I was actually invited to be a guest at this at this convention, and that is a first for me. So I am giddy beyond all get out and grateful for the opportunity. But before we get into all the stuff about what's going on at the convention, let's back it up to the beginning. And Michael, tell me where all your fandom started and what pushed you to actually go out and start your own convention. That, this whole story fascinates me. Yeah, well, uh, when I was a little kid, I fell in love with Star Wars. You know, mm-hmm. we used to have sleepovers, and I used to play. Uh, we had a group of friends, and we would re uh, retell the movies and recall all the lines, and you had to know all the lines from this in order to achieve this level. And I don't know, we were just regular old nerds before it was cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, we grew up. I went to college, and all the Star Wars stuff went into the uh, the closet. And mm-hmm. uh, I played football for years, and I found out what a keg was. Oh, yeah. And uh, then what happened is eventually I, I, I started doing pretty well in business. In real life, I own a trucking company that does logistics. Uh, I move puff pastries and stuff like that from New York um, into the United States, transmission, wow. stuff like that. Okay. Um, I don't personally move them. I just do the logistics. Um, but those real jobs started making me enough money where I could not waste, I hate to ever say waste, but where I could spend money on stuff I love, like mm-hmm. Star Wars stuff. I, I mean, I grew up, I wasn't a millionaire or anything, and I mean, my parents didn't have much money, and I never had the Imperial Shuttle when I was a kid, because I was a $50 toy. That's right, right. But uh, now I own eight of them, you know? I, <laughs> so that's what happens. You, you, you work hard, and you happen to get lucky, and, uh, you know, you, you end up spending that money on toys. So I started spending that money on toys, and I bought a whole bunch of Star Wars stuff, because Star Wars is what I knew, it's what I played with when I was a kid, it's what I wanted to collect. Um, So I bought more and more, and what would happen is I bought so many that I would start giving away some free ones. I would give away, like, I would take a zoomed-in picture of a Star Wars figure, Mm -hmm. and I would say, who am I? And uh, the people would guess, and then whoever guessed the character first would win that figure, the figure on me. Um, so I did that for like, I don't know, 12 weeks. And then the admins of the group I was doing it on said, Hey, don't give your information to this guy. He's trying to scam addresses so he can come and steal your stuff and blah, blah, blah. I was like, you know what? The drama and the nonsense in these groups is so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I don't do this for nonsense drama. I got a real job. There's plenty of that. Oh yeah. I own a trucking company. I mean, come on. 
But uh, <laughs> what happens is I, I use it as an escape, an escape to be a kid again, you know, to remember what it was like to Absolutely. play in my friend's basement. So what I did is I said, fine, forget it. I'm going to go make my own group. If anybody wants to play with me, fine. Uh, if not, I don't care. <laughs> Understandable. And that's when I started the Imperial Commissary. And then I did that Who Am I contest for two years, man, three years. Wow. So, I mean... Yeah, hundreds and hundreds of figures. The reason why, and even all the way up to Yak Face and the really expensive ones, the reason why is because I buy so many things, and then I have so much surplus, it didn't, it wasn't anything for me to give those, you know what I mean? It was just paying it forward. Yeah, I was that's lucky enough awesome. to have it, and I'm, so that's what started the IC, and then it has grown and grown, and it grew into 27 Facebook groups. Um, when we had about 10 Facebook groups... It, uh, we had our very first Imperial Commissary meetup, and it was the IC meetup, and it was up in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, wow, okay. And, uh, yeah, it was at this little tiny toy store. There were a total of 14 people that came, and uh, it was cool. And I played, I had the Revenge of the Jedi trailer instead of Return of the oh, Jedi. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, and I, I put it through, like, an old school, like, uh, high school projector where it's like, you know? And it was cool, man. And we played it up against the wall. There's a YouTube video of it out there somewhere. But uh, we played it up against the wall, and we had a pizza party, and people bought, sold, and traded stuff. Kim Simmons came, the guy who took the pictures for the boxes. Mm -hmm. He happened to be at that first meetup. And then wow. those meetups snowballed, and they got bigger and bigger. And then I did a meetup at Celebration. It's this uh, big Star Wars convention uh, that's run by Lucasfilm, Disney, Tops, yep. Reclap, a billion other corporations. Um, but... Uh, what happened is I, I I went there and I, um, I I did the IC meetup at Celebration in Chicago because we did one at the one in Orlando. Then we did one at the one in Chicago. The one in Chicago, man, I rented like four um, big like hotel meeting rooms Woo. and it was packed, man. There were like 300, 400 people. And it was just supposed to be a meetup for the group, you know, and it was. They're all people in the group, but the group has grown so much. So the next one, I said, you know what? I'm going to do one in Tennessee, and I'm going to do a meetup in Tennessee, and it'll be the first one in Tennessee, and I'll make it the biggest. And I'll sell vendor tables, and I'll have people come and blah, 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 blah. So I went to go look, and this only, the place I found was the uh, Williamson County AG Expo Center. You mm -hmm. that oh, yeah, that's Williamson it. Williamson County AG, yeah, and it was a uh, dirt floor down in Franklin out of town <laughs> and uh that's where we started and i put william Shat william shatner in that rodeo and uh we had a really good time it was cool man it was cool and but the whole reason why that happened is because it just i don't know it became the natural progression you know i was yep. at a corporate convention like oh i forgot to finish that story there i'm sorry oh, you're fine you're I'm fine on, we're almost there so stick <laughs> with me but uh the reason why I got that, I, there's a uh, meeting area where the VIP room was at the Franklin Williamson County AG Expo Park. Mm -hmm. And I was just going to rent that VIP room. That was the original plan, 1,200 square feet. The thing is, is it was like a $5,000 swing between 1,200 square feet and 178,000 square feet. So mm -hmm. I called my buddy and I'm like, dude, I was just going to throw a little meetup. What should I do? And he goes, go bigger, we'll go home. Yeah. You know, go big or go home. So I said, all right, forget it. I'll take the big venue and I'll try it out. Now, we, uh, the, the first year was good. It was a little bit thin. And the reason why it was thin is because if you've ever 
measured 178,000 square feet and then try to break that into 10-foot into table sections, <laughs> many different complications of math come up. Oh, I can just, only imagine. You know, yeah, it's because it's circles and rhombuses and rectangles and octagons. All the complicated yeah. stuff. Ooh, yeah. Bloody. So uh, we kind of missed like probably like 35,000 square feet of it. So there were a couple spots that were empty. Then the second year, we filled it up. It was packed. Oh, it was, yeah. uh, I had 42 S stars. And that's because I don't know what I'm doing with conventions. But what I've done each year is tried out different things. I tried out Star Trek guest stars the first year, the biggest of the biggest. I had William Chandler, Rene Aberjonas, Marina Sirtis. It was no joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, well, those, you know, they didn't work that good for my con because my real reach is Star Wars. So I yeah. was like, all right, focus more on Star Wars people. So I got like 42 guest stars and I think like 36 of them were Star Wars. And uh, that kind of worked, but it kind of also didn't because... I realized that for that same cost to me, I could go pay a whole bunch of money directly to a guest star and get a big headline. Um, and then we did the, the con during the pandemic. We were the first convention in the pandemic. Um, That's we right. did a whole bunch of safety things. There was no super spreaders or any kind of event. Nobody I heard got sick. It was very, very nice. And we brought back the standards, the industry standards for throwing a convention after coronavirus came out. Um, wow which is really wonderful because it's brought so much recognition. Actually, I'm going out next weekend. I have a uh, award in Las Vegas because I got convention promoter of the year last I year. I saw that this morning. Congratulations, Thanks, by the man. way. I, I appreciate it's that. It's huge. Too. No, it was, it was crazy, but we just, man, all right, we're Star Wars fans, right? Oh, yeah. And the whole point of Star Wars is some farm kid from the middle of nowhere changes the entire galaxy. That's it. That is all right. it. Well, I'm some farm kid from the middle of nowhere in Torrington, Connecticut, man. And that's all I'm looking for. I want to provide what we are missing from our childhood. I don't want it to be a churn and burn where there's a Geico booth and a T-Mobile booth. Right, right. Whatever the heck else they're trying to sell you that ain't toys. Yeah. Or fun stuff or, I don't know, gadgetry or, you know how it is, man. Yep. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, you, go you see it all. Things, man, and you're like, all right, how much did you pay for a sponsorship? And don't get me wrong, I don't mind sponsorships. Everybody uses sponsorships. I use sponsorships. They're very, very good. But there's a very fine line between a sponsorship and burning your customer fan base because you want to have a giant pink rolling. You've seen it, man. That T Mobile booth that goes to like every convention. Yep. Oh, what yeah. What is that? Like, I try to block it out of my mind, to be honest with you. But. <laughs> it's it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird, you know? And I, I feel, okay, when I was little, what do you do? You, you immerse yourself in something. You immerse yourself in the magic. And I feel like when you're talking about your data plan, it kind of ruins the magic a little. That's it. So That's it. I, I, I walk away from sponsors like that. I also have the ability, the way it's set up, to choose who gets to vent so you don't get junky vendor tables or people selling bean juice and ginseng gum i mean it's like rare things or cool things or you know what i mean yeah you know your demographic that's what i'm going for well the whole reason why this started is because just like the imperial commissary started um i i get frustrated with injustices in the world and i'm like i will fix it you know i know Um, it all too well it drives me nuts because it's star wars 
I love Star Wars, okay? I use it as an escape. My yep. real jobs are insane. Yes. Okay? <laughs> Very like, much true. I do not need to do that garbage when I'm not doing my real job. So, what I did is I was at a big corporate convention. This is the story. I got a $750 badge around my neck, the IP. I got a $750 badge around my wife's neck. I'm eating a $37 plate of orange chicken. I wouldn't feed my worst enemy. And I got a $9 <laughs> Coca-Cola in my hand. Woo, buddy. I slammed down the Coca-Cola and I said, I could do this better. I could do this cheaper. This is a giant corporate money grab. It's completely ridiculous. All they're trying to do is they're trying to pay for their rainforest wood tables and their G7s. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, it's insane because they go, man, you go to one of these corporate cons and they'll hit you. And that was seven, eight years ago now. So, I mean, that's a thousand dollar badge now. Yeah. So they hit you for a thousand dollars. God forbid, let's say family of four, you want a VIP experience. Family of four, mm-hmm. you're looking at four grand for your badges. Then you're looking at the hotel room, which is going to run you $500 because they don't do any hotel coupon deals. Mm. I got a four-star hotel for $199 in Nashville, Tennessee. That in itself is a miracle. That's that's 100% true. (laughs) That is 100% dead on true. Yeah. And uh, so they don't do any coupons or anything like that or anything to offset your prices. And then you go in and everything costs money, man. Everything. And it's like... $15 $15 for the souvenir cup soda. And yeah, you get to drink as much soda as you want every, you know, for the day, but it's, it's not even $15. It's like $45. I'm lying. Like, you know, it is inflation. Inflation happens. It really is. Like, I mean, dude, there's a, a root beer vendor that goes to a lot of cons and I love their root beer, but it's like you buy the cup for $45 and then you get to drink it all weekend. But it's like, dude, you know what? $45 of soda is. That's like a bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> Or like three bathtubs, man. I mean, so I don't know. And I I didn't like that stuff. So that's what I try to avoid. And that's one of the things that uh, I really fight against is I don't think a family of four should have to choose between paying their mortgage or going to a sci-fi convention. Very true. And that's a, I mean, that's a great way to look at it right there too, because my, my oldest son is just now getting into like where he loves going to this stuff. But like you said, some of these places like, you know, it would be an arm and a leg just for me and him to go, even for a kid's ticket. Like it's it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Our kid's ticket is ten bucks, and it'll get them the whole weekend. I mean, you can't beat that. I mean, I lose money on it, but I don't care. It's a little kid, man. That's it. If I mean, I could say free. I would say free, but the badges cost me money because they're cool, collectible plastic badges. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I mean, that's what it all comes down to, right there. But not only that, you make memories. For these kids or these families that get to come and have these bonding moments and experiences there, like, it is truly a magical thing that is going to get passed down from generation to generation because it will make that impact on the kids or they'll want to go back next year and have those memories with mom and dad again or whatever it may be. And, like, it's literally a magical thing. And, like, just the fact that you are so invested and you're coming from that place, like, it, it makes it that much better and that much more special. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. But I'll tell you, man, it, it's really, I don't know. I feel that, all right, Disney is a huge company and they make mm-hmm. great things and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not picking on Disney in any way. Right, right. I feel that Walt Disney, things changed after his passing. Right. And I think that there's very few people like Walt Disney in this world. And I am no Walt Disney. But one of his most important things was he found that it doesn't matter if you make money. It doesn't matter if you do well. It just matters if you make people happy. 
And once people are happy, everything else takes care of itself. And now I have hemorrhaged money since 2018 on this thing. But people are happy. And now the buzz is so ridiculous, it's everywhere. And people are more happy. And that happiness is eventually going to at least stop losing me money. And I still get an awesome convention I get to go to in my hometown. Absolutely. Because there's like nothing. I mean, that's... At least for me. There's some very nice conventions. Don't get me wrong. There's the anime convention. There's the other one that's the gamer convention. Yep. But I mean, the gamer convention is like all like computer terminals. Right, right. And then the anime convention is all anime stuff. And like neither of those things are all my thing. I'm like a space nerd. Yep. And it's you know? I've got a foot in the anime world, especially like with that, you know, like being a bucket list goal on the voice acting side of things. But yeah. when the I NBA when I it's great, man. Yeah. Their, their convention's great. It but just, it's just it's apples and broccoli. Pretty you know much. I mean? Pretty much. Things. And then sometimes too it ends up at least from like what I guess when I go there ends up being more gaming stuff going on than actual like stuff to buy because God knows I try to spend a bunch of money if I can find anything Dragon Ball. But I mean, like when I went to this one for the first time, I didn't even have to worry. I, I just looked down and I saw nothing but Star Wars and I already felt it in my wallet as soon as I like walked in the door. It was awesome. Thanks, man. Well, yeah, that's that's the good thing that the Facebook groups and the uh, the club have done, the Imperial Commissary have done, mm-hmm. is they have brought such an unbelievable base of vendors oh, yeah. that you will see stuff at this convention that doesn't happen at any other convention. I don't care how big it is in the world. You don't see the quality of items. No. You might see more. There's conventions with 800,000 tables. You know, there's flea markets with 800,000 mm-hmm. tables. But still, you walk by 900 out of 1,000 because it's like that one's filled with knockoff sunglasses that I don't want. That one has all socks. That one's a Geico booth or a T-Mobile booth or a... Do you know what I mean? So Um, everything, we just try to make the quality top shelf. Absolutely. Therefore, everything happens and everything follows. Man, the way you've walked around, you've walked around and Mm -hmm. you see how it is, man. It's it's people who just love hanging out with each other. There isn't trauma. There isn't stress. And it's immersive. Like, you're there. That's, you know, you're in Star Wars land for three days. Yep. And, I mean, that's that's the cool thing, too, because, like like you said, we've got our real-life jobs. We've got life outside of, you know, the convention scene. But, like, that convention scene is the escape because God knows there's stuff that we can't control that goes on outside of there. There's drama. No matter how much you try to avoid it, it's there. But, like, that is your chance to escape, get around your people, and get back to, like, those childhood feelings that made you happy. Like it is, yeah. it is the best thing in the world, and having that kind of group of people there just literally amplifies the entire thing and makes you like yearn for that next year to come around. That's what I'm going for, man. I just, I'm telling you that you just said it. You, you hit it right on the head, man. You're making people happy. I'm just trying to make people happy, and if people are happy, man, how much, how much could the one thing, the one thing missing in this world? We got everything, man. We got cars, we got houses, we got TVs. I got so many TVs. I mean, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I got TV. Right. You know, you're, you're sitting in a padded room with probably like 30 grand worth of podcast equipment. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. We're doing pretty good. That's it. The thing is, is, I don't know, man. People just need that, that happy. Like, we yeah. have lots of things. But how often are we happy or relaxed or comfortable either yeah. in our own skin or with our own friends or with new friends. I mean, man, you come to these conventions, you make new friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know how often people over 30 make new friends, but I do every day. 
And that's that's the cool thing too, because what I've come to realize, especially like being immersed in the corporate world too, it's like it doesn't seem like it's the cool thing to hold on to bits and pieces of your childhood that made you happy. But it seems like the people that do hold on to those end up being the happier people in the long run. So it's like the things yeah. that you know most people tend to shun you for, like the things that weren't cool when we were growing up or people were closeted fans of, those are the cool things now, and those are what is what are making people the happiest. Like being able to hold on to that, having those memories, having this new generation of Star Wars shows and films to like just get reimmersed oh, yeah. back in that whole galaxy, like having that and being able to hold on to like the roots of what made you you is such a powerful thing. But I think like so many people avoid that, that when you actually get around these people in these convention settings, it's like the floodgates just open and it's just like re-nurture me, recharge my batteries, whatever. Just there it is. Well, you you never, you never notice until Mm -hmm. you try it. And the thing is, is for a lot of people they'll look at it and they'll go, Oh no, that's weird. Or, Oh no, that's not my thing. The thing is, is there is no proper way to enjoy a convention. No, there's not. You can go and you can people watch. You can go and you can meet a movie star that you remember from when you were a kid. You can go and, I don't know, just walk around or play a game of Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. I haven't played Dungeons and Dragons since I was like 12, 14. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I know everybody hasn't played, but if you haven't played since you were 14, I'm 42 years old. Like, how cool is it to just go sit down with Dungeons & Dragons? And, like, the guy that's the DM is, like, the dude that wrote the original Dungeons & Dragons book. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's awesome. Cool stuff like that happens. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, man, because you don't think of it. And I'm telling you, I think that's one of the tougher things. All right, I always say this. Have you ever seen that Disney movie, Ratatouille? Yes, it's been a while, but, yeah, I've, I've seen it. Okay. At the end of Ratatouille, he eats the Ratatouille, and it automatically transports him to his mom's kitchen. And he remembers being a little kid. Mm-hmm. That's what these things are. Even if you just walk around this convention to look at the tables, yeah. you're going to see toys from whatever age group you are. You're going to see toys from your childhood, and those are immediately going to remind you of times where you were happy. Yep. And that releases endorphins, which makes you happy, which in turn allows you to be happy to the person next to you, and that person to the person next to them, and it spreads like wild. It's contagious, and nobody it wants is, to be the spoil sport. It is. It is. And that's what's wonderful. So if you want just a little piece of that, a little taste of that, you can try it out. You don't even have to, like I said, you don't have to interact. You don't have to cosplay. You don't have to meet movie stars. That might not be your thing. Yeah. But I'm telling you, man, for for 10 seconds of remembering what it was like to be a kid, that's that's the value. That's the magic right there. And, yeah. man, like, with all this in mind, too, what was it like when you actually like took that bet on yourself to start this convention? Like what was the, like, what was like step one in all of this? How did you start planning it out? How did you manage all of it and like keep your sanity in line while you were doing it too and not get overwhelmed? Um, I'm a workaholic. Understandable. Same here. (laughs) Uh, but no, what happened is my trucking company started getting solidified because I've had it for 18, 19 years now. Ooh, man. Um, so it started pretty much running itself. I have to work on that like maybe an hour or two every day. Right, right. Um, and then mm-hmm. I was doing the Star Wars thing and having fun with that. And I was like, well, all right, maybe I should, you know, and I, I it got bigger and bigger. And the more time I have, the more time I spend on it because it's 
you know, I'm not retired in any way, but I'm lucky enough to have established enough my business that I don't know, I guess you could call it semi-retired. But what I do is I built a, I I built, I have art galleries that I do contemporary art now, man. I have like three different art galleries. Very nice. And, uh, thanks. And, uh, but that's what I'm saying. I'm always liking to learn something new and do something new. Um, I never really did conventions growing up. I started going to them when I started collecting Star Wars um, because sometimes you find better stuff at like the really big Star Wars convention or, you know, you go up to a toy show in Ohio or Kane County or something like that where they have like one little guest star from something a million years ago and a bunch of toys and it's in like rabbit barns, you know, which yeah. is nothing against it. I love it. Um, it's a certain type of show. And uh, once I started going to those, I went to conventions and I was like, oh, I really love the idea of the convention because I love the fact. And what I did is with the IC meetups, even it it became that I would do those near a giant convention and I would rent like a hotel near a giant convention. And Mm -hmm. I'd be like, "Okay, everybody I see can come here, buy, sell and trade for free, whatever. We'll have pizza. And uh, those those ended up you know, just snowballing and snowballing to where we had so many people. It was the natural progression to go to a con. Right. Um, It was insane when I first did it. It was completely stressful. I had no idea what to do. I've never run anything like this before. I was always good at throwing parties. I used to throw a giant 4th of July party, but I'm talking like 40 people, not like 8,000. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Big difference. (laughs) But uh, no, when I started it, man, I really... I started it because I had a little bit too much money and I had a little bit too much time and I'm dangerous with those two, (laughs) (laughs) with those two starts to an equation. I'm dangerous. Um, and I, I'm lucky enough to have a wonderful wife. My wife, um, she actually has a toy store in Nashville. Now she quit her corporate job. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, she is a controller for GM of Murfreesboro. So she like paid everybody, wrote all the checks, did all the accounting mm-hmm. for, I think it was like 12 years there and like eight years at Mercedes Benz in Nashville. So like 20 years of this job and she was like, I'm done. I'm opening a toy store. And I was like, that's awesome. Nice. So she has IC toys in Nashville. Check it out. 526 East Cyrus Drive in Nashville, Tennessee. But um, the reason why she she lets me get away with murder i don't know why like you know what i mean like most wives they they try to keep you in check or they try to save for this or that or they're more sensible um whereas my wife is just the most supportive person i've ever met and for somebody like me where i'm like i want to roll the dice i want to do this because you know what man i came like i said in the beginning of this i came from no money right I didn't have an Imperial shuttle growing up. What's the absolute worst that can happen? And I mean, first year I lose my complete shirt, which I did anyway, but I was all right. I bounced back from it, but it was, I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? I lose all my money and, or whatever. I mean, what I got to move to an apartment. I mean, who cares? So got a roof over your head. I got my dog. I got a TV. I got Star Wars toys. What's the problem? But that's, that's something I'm so thankful for, for where I came from. It allows me to roll the dice on stuff like that because it was insanity. It's still insanity. Oh, yeah. But the first year, it was completely nuts because I was like, hey, my name is Mike Havens, and I'm a crazy guy down in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm going to put William Shatner in a bar in Franklin. I swear. And it was <laughs> like, that was the pitch. Um, now it's like, you know, we've been established since 2018. I got Anthony Daniels. I got... Ian McDiarmid, I got a whole bunch my of my favorites. Clone my favorites. Wars. I got this, that, and the other. But 
it's easier now because people like you talk about it and other people talk about it. And that's, that's, what's really wonderful. Um, so yeah, it, it was insanity. How did I stay calm and on track? It's just what I do. Um, I'm the kind of person that you can give me 8 billion problems and I'll give you 18 billion solutions. Um, Love it. I just, yeah, nothing stinks me. Man. You're, you're my kind of people. Why, I've been there. I've yep. been there. I've done that. You know what I mean? Money doesn't matter. What's money? Money comes, money goes. Money doesn't make you happy. I'll tell you that much. But money Very can true. make other people happy. Money can allow you to do things that make other people happy. And those people that are happy end up being your support system if you ever are low. Bingo. Bingo. You know, it's, I don't know, man. I, 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 I'm not a Buddhist or anything like that. I, I, but I, you know, what goes around comes around. Absolutely. And man, I just, I and, love that because it, 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 honestly, it all comes back to giving back because like you said, it's about making the memories. It's about like, like you said, you didn't have the Imperial shuttle growing up. Now you have eight, but you're also giving the chance for people who also didn't have that Imperial shuttle or the X wing or Darth Vader's tie fighter. Now's their chance to get that because of what you're providing. It's so awesome. Thanks man. But that's, that's all I'm going for. And I'm going for it down here in Nashville. Cause we really didn't have anything like it. You wanted to go to a con with any kind of a list guest stars. You would literally have to travel to the coasts. Yep. Florida, New York, LA, maybe Seattle. That's it. That's Chicago it. every once in a while. Yeah. But I mean, nowhere in, I mean, middle Tennessee never like this. I mean, I mean, it's, I it's a rarity to say, and I think that's what makes me love it that much more. And selfish plug, it's less than 15 minutes from my house, so I'm already gung-ho <laughs> on it. But, like, man, it, on top of that, too, like, you just named two guys that have been, like, backbones of the original Star Wars trilogy that are going to be at this convention. And, like, that you know. hardly signed. That's it. And I got the chance to meet both of them briefly back in 2019 in Chicago. But like as an actor, Ian McDiarmid is one of my top like top three guys that I absolutely love and respect. So getting to see him again and be this close to home, like, dude, I'm sold. If I wasn't going to be here, uh, you know, as a as a media guest, like I would have bought my tickets like three years ago if you'd have told me he was coming here. Like I'm already (laughs) I'm already there. But when it comes to that, too, and you're booking guys like this, is it hard to keep, like, young Michael, like, from getting too giddy in this process? Or what's all that like as you're booking these celebrities that you may have grown up on? What's that like for you? Um, okay. The way it is, is when I'm talking to them, I'm completely professional. Absolutely. I've million-dollar, billion-dollar deals. I eat pressure. It's what I do. It's, I love Mm -hmm. it. Um when I get off the phone and I'm to my wife, I'm like, holy crap, do you even believe how freaking cool this is? I just talked to see Gringy on the phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, dude, I remember uh, one guy called me, uh, well, he didn't work out as a guest star, but it was John Reese davies called my phone once. And oh, we're, nice. We talk. Uh, he's really cool. But he's not going to be a guest star this year. He has a conflict and blah, blah, blah. But whatever. But um, we talk. And when he first called my phone and he was like, Hello, my good man. This is Jordan Reese Davies. And I was like, holy crap, dude, it's Sala on my phone. You know what I mean? It's amazing. Yeah, dude, like like stuff like that happens. And it's it's really not lost on me, man. It's really not. Um, I'm not the kind of guy that's like, oh, I'm rude celebrities all the time, whatever. It's cool, dude. It's cool. I'm a Star Wars nerd, and Star Wars people know 
my name. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll, I'll say, too, just on the podcast front, like listening to James Arnold Taylor's podcast, I've lost track of how many times he's referenced you or he's referenced this convention. And, like, that, the fact that he's he, a sweetheart. he even knows, like, where this town is just blows my mind. But, like, it just shows you how much it means to him and also the quality of his character because God knows, like you said, he is a sweetheart. Yeah, he really is. Well, you know what happened, man? Me and James became really fast friends. Uh, he came to ICCC 2019. Yep, that that's where I year. met him. Yeah, and uh, he came and I picked him up at the airport because he had a conflict and he, he could only come in at like, I think it was 5 a.m. or something, right? So I pick him up at the airport with my wife 5 a.m. on Saturday morning and we're like, oh, we got to get him there, you know? And uh, he started doing Plo Koon and Obi-Wan in my backseat. It was a trip. But uh, we hung out for a while there and yeah, it's so cool, man, because he can turn it on whenever he wants. Yep. And uh, so we drove around, and we hung out and stuff like that, and he hung out for a little bit. And he actually ended up moving to Tennessee. That's he what it so much he lives here now. That is what I thought, and I know he's actually – he made some hints about it, but I wasn't ever 100% sure. And I know he's actually – working on getting a film project started down here as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing what all he does, but he would always talk about Tennessee on his podcast. So I'm glad well, to hear I that that actually happened. on anything involving a film thing. Right. Zips, lips, zipped, whatever I'm trying to say here. We know nothing. If you want to hear more, listen to his podcast, Talking to Myself. Worth a listen. Yeah, dude. Dude, how cool is he, man? Oh, my God. It's like... With the- he he's was, gonna do. He's gonna do his show. Yes. Did you get to see that? Show? No, unfortunately, I didn't because I had a family event going on the day that he was doing that. But we actually, when he did yeah. show up on Saturday, that was like back when I was just like first stepping out of the wrestling world and into voice acting and pursuing that again. He took the time to like stop and give me advice. We talked for about so nice. fifteen to twenty minutes, and like he gave me so much advice. He talked to me about the show, but. You know, like I've been dead hooked on his podcast ever since. Read his Jat three sixty five book. Like that guy is golden. You know, I can't say that enough. He is golden beyond yeah. belief. Well, he's he's coming again, and he's going to be doing his uh, his um, one man show there. So he's going to do that, which is really really cool, man. He goes through a whole ton of voices. It's really unbelievable to see what he can do. Yep, because and, he just does the entire all the voices for the entire stage show himself. Yeah, it's a trip. And the thing is, is like what really blows my mind and made me fall in love with voice acting that much more is the fact that you look at him. And you don't expect some of these voices to come out of him. You don't expect Fred Flintstone or Andre the Giant or Titus or, like you said, Plo Koon and Obi-Wan or, you know, the voice for Fox's animation domination on Sundays. Like, this guy does it all, but it doesn't look like it should... the Strawberry Frosted Mini Week. (laughs) Yes. Like, you don't expect that voice to come out of him. That's the best part of it. Yeah. He does it all. He's an amazing guy, man. He's really, really nice. And that's that's what I go for too. That's another big thing. I only book nice guest stars. Absolutely, and that's because uh, I want them to interact and be happy with the fans. I'm telling you, man, if you're not happy that you're a movie star, then what's the point? Yep. And we like all you're a movie star, man. Be happy about it. Yep. We all have our <laughs> bad days, but when you know that something you do has yeah. that much of an impact on somebody, and they tell you, you've got to be receptive to that. I mean, that's an awesome thing to hear. Yeah. Man, that is amazing. No, I, I, I like to keep it, uh, I don't know, man, and also, like, family-friendly. I mean, I have no problem, believe me, I am an adult human male. I understand, and I, you know, like to enjoy fun things as well. Yep. And I'll cuss on the weekends, or yep. you know what I mean? Like, 
hanging out with friends, smoking a cigar and drinking some scotch, but it's uh it's very family friendly. I keep it what PG was when we were growing up. Absolutely, yeah. What PG is now. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely changed quite a bit in the last few decades. So right. I get where you're coming from and I think we're right there on the same wavelength again. But dude, yeah. like for anybody that hasn't, you know, gotten tickets yet that's in the Nashville area or the surrounding area and maybe thinking about it and just hasn't pulled the trigger yet, what else would you say is a is a big reason why they should pull the trigger and come to this convention this weekend? Uh, if you're within 200 miles, you may as well come because it's literally the best thing going on altogether. Won't argue that. Um, yeah, if you're like 500,000 miles away, it might be a little bit late. Definitely come next year. You can always hop on a plane right now. We'll take you. Absolutely. But, um, why would you go? It's Man, guest stars like this aren't around. Why would you go? Would you enjoy happiness? Would you enjoy five minutes of happiness? Go. You know, if you want to see things from your childhood, if you want to walk around, if you have kids, if you have kids, it is so hard to find, you know, mm-hmm. it's so hard to find things to do with your kids where it's going to be safe, where it's going to shoot. Man, my security detail cost me $60,000 a year. Woo. I don't tell people that. But it's massive. And yeah. the reason why is because I never want anything going wrong, period. I don't care that I have a giant insurance policy and something can go wrong and I'll be perfectly fine. I don't want anything to go wrong. Exactly. So I waste all the money that no other con does. Because I could get away with five grand with security. But I, I, you know what I mean? And those kind of things I do, which make it a safe place for families and makes it affordable for families. I mean, uh, man, if you have a family and you don't go, it's it's so hard to find something to do with your kids. Do you know what I mean? That's the and truth they require one parent with one regular ticket. You can buy it for one day. And uh, you can go out there and your kids are going to walk around and they are going to see stormtroopers walking around. They're going to see droids. There's Wally's and R2-D2s and mm-hmm. C-3PO droids walking around. It is literally like you are immersed in some different land. Yep. You know what I mean? I don't want to say Disney. I don't want to say anything like that because that's... I don't want to bother them or anything. But <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> there are people dressed up. There are people having fun there are lego displays there are people teaching things there are toy designers teaching things there are toys and there are toys that are for kids that are modern and cheaper or less expensive and there's uh toys for adults that you know i don't know man we we had four rocket firing boba fett's in the building once and a rocket firing boba fett right now is going for two hundred and twenty three thousand dollars. yeah so that's over a million dollars in one figure and four figures yeah that is insane to even think about it depends on what you want to see. Yep. Um, but, I mean, there are movie stars. There are people in cosplay. And I mean, like, high-end cosplay because there's contests. Oh, there's yeah. people for droid building. There's even a tattoo room, man. You want to get a tattoo? We got Golden Yeti from Franklin. And we try to locally source as many people as we can. That's but the best part Golden right Yeti there. Is phenomenal. And uh, Absolutely. They're coming from Franklin. They've been coming. They were there the first year, I think. You probably saw them when you were walking around. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're really good guys, and it's just a, a fellow nerd. Yep. That's all this is. It's a whole bunch of real-life nerds. There are no corporations. There's only fans. That's it. It keeps it, it keeps it simple. It keeps it right down to the basics of it. Yep. Man, that is amazing. So, guys, if you're in the area, like you said, within 200,000 miles and you hadn't got a ticket yet, 
What are you waiting for? It's at the Music City Sheraton in Nashville, Tennessee. 777 McGavick Pike, 37214 area code. Come check it out. I mean, how often are you going to have Anthony Daniels, C-3PO, the only guy to be in every Star Wars film, like, to date, in Nashville. Ian McDiarmid, the Emperor, the best character ever, in Nashville. James Arnold Taylor, the animated voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, Plo Koon, and so many more. Like, they're all going to be here. And well, you know what, man? Since this isn't releasing until they can't, I can go ahead and just give you a bunch of spoilers. Oh, let's but go don't ahead. Tell anybody. Of okay? course, of course. We're gonna have for Clone Wars. We're gonna have uh, Anna Graves, nice, a Duchess Satine, yes. who is Obi Wan's love interest. Yes. we're gonna have Obi Wan. We also have Matt Lantner that played um, Anakin. Yes. Oh God. And yes. We are also gonna have Ashley Eckstein that plays. She is one of my favorites. One of the so, nicest people I've ever that's met. That's a huge one. She hasn't been released, but she will be released by the time this comes out. Amazing. Um, so we're going to have uh, majors from the Clone Wars. Uh, the top three, Master Padawan, Master Padawan yep. from the Clone Wars will be there. We also have from the old school movies, we have The Emperor, we have C-3PO, we have Nine Numb, Mike Quinn's coming. we nice. got uh, Trevor Butterfield, who's... Like everything, stuntman, stormtrooper, mm-hmm. rebel soldier. Uh, he was also uh, an admiral in it. He was also one of the uh, the bad guys in uh, Indiana Jones and the uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, the one with the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, yep. Indiana Jones and the Ark of the Covenant. Nice. And uh, yeah, he's he's awesome. And there's a bunch of other stars too. Um, can't really think of them off the top of my head. It's always uh, harder when you're on the spot. Steve Levine, Ninja Turtles, but check out the website, icnashville.com. You'll find, uh, you'll find everybody there and it'll all be updated, but it's really cool, man. And these, the interactions that you get, it's not like other conventions. No, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. You actually see these people. Oh, that's it. And guys, don't. They're not like locked behind like a pipe and drape box hidden in the corner of yeah. a section with 15 <laughs> security guys being like, don't take a free picture. It's like, go ahead, take a free picture, man. If you can't afford the autograph for the picture, go ahead. When you're walking by, you sneak a picture from your phone, nobody's going to yell at you. That's the best it's part of it. convention, you know what I mean? It's for the fans, man, 100% yeah. for the fans. And I'm going to have a booth there, too, so if you like the I Know You Hear Me podcast, come by and say hey and tell me what you like about it. I'll be looking out for you. But before we go any further, man, this is my favorite part of the show now. I'm going to turn the reins over to Michael. He's going to throw up to five questions my way. I don't know what they are ahead of time, so I am completely at his mercy whenever he's ready to fire them off. So, Michael, the ball is in your court. You got it, brother. Well, first and foremost, what made you start podcasting? Man, this is something that I have like gone back and forth about for the longest time. And truthfully, it was always because I sucked at expressing my feelings. I would get overwhelmed or I would get burned out. Didn't think anybody else was going through the same things. You know, just stubborn human nature. And then I realized, too, it's like I know a bunch of people that have gone through the same things and... Or, like, especially in the wrestling world, guys that have helped train these people that you see on TV now, like Brock Lesnar or Randy Orton, that should be on TV with them but aren't, why, you know, like, why is nobody asking about what, you know, like, what goes through their mind and all this? And, 
Like, let's talk about teachers, too. I've got a brother that's a teacher. I've got friends that are teachers. How do they deal with all this stuff that's going on, especially with COVID? And I've even got friends that are transgendered and have done, like, the, you know, the gender transitions over the last year or so. What's it like for her going through all that, especially with all the stuff you see in the news right now? What do you want to get out there that people may not know or may help somebody? So I actually found a premise that, you know, I didn't feel like was being capitalized on and it became a great outlet for me too. So that was kind of just the premise and it went from there. Nice, man. Uh, all right. Question number, well, that's great. Question <laughs> number two, um, you're a star Wars guy. Who's yes, your sir. favorite star Wars character? Man, um, it's always going to be the emperor, but for the longest time, I got to say my number two was Chewbacca, but nice. man, it's kind of getting to the point where either, you know, Boba Fett, or Darth Maul maybe kind of edging him out there at some point. But those those guys round out my top four, but it's always going to be the Emperor. Nice, man. Cool. Um, all right. Uh, third question. Uh, oh, what was your favorite part about ICCC when you attended? Man, it was just how laid back and relaxed it was. Like, it was literally the fan atmosphere. And then also, too... Getting to meet Daniel Logan, like, within my first 10 minutes of being there and then meeting James Arnold Taylor at the end, just how giving and how cool they were and how outgoing they were with their fans, like, not even just to me, but just to everybody around them was absolutely magical because, like, you just, you see how these things are at these bigger conventions and it's kind of rushed through because the lines are so big, but here you actually get to see them take the time instead of trying to, like, still make the time at these bigger conventions, but you have somebody that may be, you know, watching or trying to speed it up so everybody gets through. But here you actually get to have those genuine moments and thank them or they get to talk to you or they get to see a tattoo you have or something like that. Like just the genuine interaction with those kind of celebrities made the whole thing worth it for me. Nice, man. That's awesome. I love to hear it. Absolutely. Um, all right. What made you get into uh, the whole wrestling thing? Because I know you do the wrestling podcast, or what is it? The wrestling video cast? What, what is um, it that you do? The wrestling one hasn't dropped just yet. I was it's looking actually... into you, and there's a ton of wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I just jumped back into the independent wrestling world after three years off. But um, I do have a wrestling podcast that'll be launching here, hopefully within the next year, when I can find more time in my schedule to actually sit down and commit to it. But it's going to be called Wrestling with Hypotheticals. And basically, we're going to like just dive into how the wrestling world could have changed if certain events played out different than what we saw on TV or, you know, just how that happens. But ultimately, the wrestling thing, it all kind of just opened the floodgates back in 2002. Saw WrestleMania 18 with The Rock versus Hulk Hogan. Like, that just pulled oh, yeah. me in. Then I got to go to the Judgment Day pay-per-view like two months after that and see The Undertaker beat Hulk Hogan. And then... I was just completely solidified after I uh, found out my family in Memphis knows WWE Hall of Famer Coco Beware. Started talking to him, and then WrestleMania 21 happened. Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle happened, and that was it. Hooked. Done. Yeah. You know, I'm going to find a way to make this work. And after I graduated high school, I started training, and 15 years later, here I am right back at it. That's cool, brother. You got to talk when you come to the con. There's a guy, uh, Char Richards. Okay. He's a uh, he has your thing too, but uh, he does Life Box Media Channel. Nice. But he's an ex wrestler. Okay. He is super connected with that kind of stuff. I'm sure he'll help you, man. He's the nicest guy ever. Beautiful, man. I'm looking um, forward to it. Yeah. And well, my last question for you: Who is your favorite wrestler? Who is my favorite wrestler? Man, um, I'll tell you mine. 
It's always going to be Shawn Michaels, but like I've got a I've got a top five list, but Shawn Michaels is always going to be the one for me. I get you, man. How about you? Mine's Ted DiBiase. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. And that's tr- funny story. In high school, back before they were cool again, I actually had a mullet my first two years. Had the Letterman's jacket, the band jacket, and I had it say "Million Dollar Mullet" on there, just because I was such a huge, nice. huge wrestling fan. And Ted DiBiase is still like. He's top 10, should have been a world champion, but, yeah. man, you just cannot beat that guy. Yeah, I hear you. He's just so cool, man. I met him once when I was a kid at a, it was, I think, a baseball card convention yeah. or something like that. And uh, he was just, I don't know, because I was a little kid, and he was like, Ted DiBiase, you know? Yep. He's and cool, yeah. I met him back in uh, in 2014 in passing. It was right after WrestleMania 30. I was an extra when they were here in Nashville for uh, SmackDown. I just... I'm 5'5 on a good day. I just see this tall, giant man walk beside me. I forget, you forget how big these guys are, even when you're there. And I'm looking up and I'm like, huh, that's Ted DiBiase going into catering. It's like, God, I really am short now. But, you know, it's like, he he is one of the legitimate best, hands down. Should have been a world champion, but uh, that guy, I've never seen a bad match out of him. One One of my favorites, too. Yeah. He is always into it, man. That's always, it. Yeah. Well, man, this has been. I know. A... I'm happy you're coming out to the con with the podcast and everything, dude. It's. Uh, I I try to do that too. You know, I absolutely. Away. I think there's 27 club tables and there's something like 15 or 18 podcast guests, and we have the podcast stage and all that yep. too. And uh, I don't know, man. I I anybody that builds the community or builds the hobby. And that's what these kind of podcasts do is they Absolutely. bring in more and more people, which is just wonderful, man. It's all about inclusiveness. That's what it should always yes, sir. be about. And you know what? When we were little kids, it was never about excluding people. No, no. And that's what we're looking for. And that's what I always say at the con, at, at the Imperial Commissary, at anything like that. If you were ever in a sleepover and it's something that you would get in trouble for if the mom walked down the stairs, you're not allowed to do it. Right. Man, that's so simple, but it's so straight to the point. I love it. I absolutely love it. And, I mean, I feel like that, again, that's something that avoids the drama, keeps everybody in. Because, again, when we were kids, you wanted everybody to play. You wanted everybody to have fun. You didn't think about things like that. So why why do we get away from that? This is the perfect excuse to jump right back into it. That's it, man. That is it. it. Well, guys, if we haven't sold you enough yet, I don't know what else we can do. So if you're listening to this on the day it drops, get to Nashville if you're within 200 miles or you feel like just making a weekend trip. Get down here and get at this convention. You will not regret it, especially if you were a fan of collecting, Star Wars, all of it, man. We've got something for everybody here, and Michael is one of us. He is a fan, and he has built this for the fans. So come out, have some fun, meet some people you grew up on, and just enjoy the weekend and the experience. You won't regret it. Michael, is there anything else you want to leave our audience with here today? No, I, I really appreciate you having me on, man. I appreciate you doing what you do because oh, course, it's very man. good. It grows your hobby. It grows this hobby. Um, also, man, I appreciate you doing it in Nashville. We need more stuff in Nashville. Of course. Nashville is an up-and-coming town. And very it's much so. It's nerd town. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that are our age that are here, and they collect. They just need a place yep. where... You know, where where people know that it's, I don't know, it's okay to have a Han Solo on your mantle. It's yeah. not going to kill anybody. 
That's it. And I mean, let's let's be honest. Like everybody at work knows I love Star Wars. I've got a, you know, I've got a Star Wars thing in my work van. I've got a Star Wars thing at my desk. You know, it, it's everywhere. I don't hide it. I'm not ashamed to hide it my anymore. It's awesome. Truck is wrapped like Boba Fett. Man, that is amazing. Mad, mad respect. I've got to step my game up. I, I told you guys he would put my he would put my fandom to shame. This guy is legit. But, hey, that's the wonderful thing about collecting, though, man. It doesn't matter the size of the collection or what you collect or that's it. how nice the stuff is or how rare it is. Every collection is a fingerprint of that person, man, and every yep. single collection is different. It's, I don't know. Nowadays, the kids use the Facebook and the Twitters to learn about people, but you can really tell about somebody with a collection, you know? You Absolutely. Can, you can see who they are. Absolutely. See where they came from, what they love. Shoot, man, I have an entire shelf in my collection room dedicated to the toys I had when I was a little kid. And they are beaters and they are garbage. And when everybody's in my collection room, they go, All right, why do you have $50,000 pieces right here and $500 worth of garbage taking up the right. entire shelf and a half? And it's like that five hundred dollars worth of garbage is my garbage, man. Yeah, that's where I'm. That's where I came from, you know. That's it. And uh, I'm just. I. I don't know, man. I'm so happy that it's gone the way it is. I'm so happy that it provides an outlet like this for for Nashville. I do find that a lot of the other conventions and a lot of the other things that do come through, um, they're not always that family friendly. And uh, I don't know, man. Why can't kids be kids? And while they're at it, why can't the parents be kids? Absolutely, because everybody gets the best version of themselves out of that experience. Yep. That is it. Well, guys, this has been an awesome, awesome interview. Michael, again, I can't thank you for carving out your time. Just, I know it's busy getting into things that are going to be going on this weekend. So, again, I'm ever so grateful that you had the time to come on here, tell us about your story with everything, getting this convention started, and then also giving me the opportunity to have my first con experience as a guest. So this is going to be an awesome weekend, guys. And if you're in the area, come out, say hi, have some fun, stop by the booths, just enjoy the experience and get back to the sandbox and have some fun like you were a kid all over again because that's, that's what it all truth. comes down to so guys that's going to wrap up our interview here tonight for myself for michael we thank you guys for listening we hope to see you this weekend at the convention and i know i'll be back with you again next week for another awesome interview and in the meantime go out and do some good in the world have some fun and get back in the sandbox and find what makes you happy so for myself for michael havens we hope you have a great week We'll see you this weekend if you're coming out to the con, and I can't wait to talk to you again. And I know you hear me. Howdy, folks. This is Withered Wingnut, and I'm sure we've all heard the same expression. A woman works from sun till sun, but a voiceover works from noon till one. And I thought, hey, I want to be one of them. So I decided to get some lessons in voice acting. And of course, what I did was looked up the best voiceover coach I could possibly find, which was Alicia Bowman. So basically, this is what I sounded like six months ago. But today, I sound like this. I begin every sentence with, in a world. In a world where there were a million mediocre voiceover coaches. Where they were like lukewarm roller dogs at 7-Eleven. There was one that stood out head and shoulders above the rest. The one and only Elise Bowman. And she can coach you too. Go to EliseCoaches.com. That's E-L-I-S-E Coaches.com. And you can become a voiceover too. Now back to my regular voice. That's right. She's like magic. So check her out. 
And if you have half as much fun as she does, well, she'll have twice as much fun as you. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.